Let Lita take you on a journey of faith, life, travel, and interior design. Take your life out of the status quo. Status Life with Lita is brought to you by Status Home Design and the Shops at Status and by the Law Office of Derek M. Hayes at 404-777-HURT. Hello again, everyone, and welcome to Status Life with Lita on Business Radio X. We are broadcasting live from the Subaru of Gwinnett Studio in the Sinesta Gwinnett Place Atlanta Hotel. Lita has over 20 years working as an interior designer. She's now a full-fledged lifestyle expert, podcaster, and blogger. Status Life with Lita will take you on a journey of faith, life, travel, and interior design. Lita's mission is to bring her knowledge and fun teaching ability to help each of us design a life we love. My name is Derek Hayes. It's uh, I'm the host of the show, and it's my honor and pleasure to introduce the star of the show, Miss Lita Brooks. Hello. Good afternoon, Lita. Hi. A uh, quick reminder that Status Life with Lita is brought to you by Status Home Design, your one-stop shop for all your home and gift needs, the Status Market, your online shopping experience, and the Law Office of Derek M. Hayes. Injured in Georgia, make the right call to the Law Office of Derek M. Hayes at 404-777-HURT. All right, well, let's get to today's show. We've, we've got, got some questions and answers to cover. So we're going to do a recap on listener questions that have been submitted. Um, I think before we even jump into the first question, and Derek, I'm going to have you read the questions and I'll, yeah, I'll submit fine. the answers best I can. Uh, how do you submit questions yeah, to me, right? Let me lay that down. Yeah. So if you're listening and something triggers, or if you have a question about today about the engagement something about me you know i'm an open book send me anything you want status life with lita l-e-t-a there's no d in it and i did notice on derek's <laughs> intro he gave me a d okay that's just how he pronounces once. it lita is in there about four times so instagram status life with lita facebook status life with lita uh, soon to be youtube so there's all different channels um, I own a lot of different status businesses. So there is Status Home Design, my interior design firm. The Shops at Status is my vendor mall. And the Status Market and Design is my online marketplace, which is, is fabulous. Uh, any of the merchandise, I handpick every single thing on there. So go take a look. Anything you want to purchase, uh, Status Market. So you can basically Google status and all everything comes up so you can find me so it's really really easy but you can submit a message through any social media or if you don't want to go through social media if you're not on social media but you do listen to the podcast status life with lita at gmail.com well, i don't know if any of the questions you pulled out today are from people that have come in the store but i know you've also had people in the store stop you and ask you questions a lot and those these are easier because this has been submitted um, most of these are out of state and out of area, which is, is great. Um, yeah. I love, you know, my listeners are everywhere. But no, I didn't take one that was a face-to-face. -face. I guess I would have to write it down in the moment. But no, I do get stopped a lot at the store. A lot of people love to tell me that they listen to the podcast. And thank you, thank you. Well, let's start with question number one. Okay. This, this question comes from Brenda in Nashville. It says, I loved your shows on purging and decluttering mm -hmm. because my husband and I can relate to you and Derek. Oh, boy. <laughs> I know where this one's going. Uh, where's it going? I, I, um, thanks, Brenda. <laughs> 
He has a hard time letting go of items. He Mm -hmm. has a hard time Mm -hmm. letting go of items. And I like everything neat and organized. I try try hard to compromise and let him keep some things that have sentimental value, but he wants to keep everything. Can you give me some advice on how to navigate the situation? We argue a lot because I keep getting rid of his items. (laughs) Like I said, I knew where the question was going. (laughs) So clearly she has listened to that. Okay, can you give me some advice on how to navigate the situation? Sure. So this is evolving for us. Um, When we did the shows and what really prompted this is that, um, what did you do here? Okay, sorry. We're working from a laptop today because we couldn't get the, the notes in front of us. All right, so let me go back to my question. This is ever evolving because when this originally prompted the show, we were in the process of boxing everything up. We were purging and decluttering your house. We were purging and decluttering my house for the purpose of moving. So now all of our items are in the same house. And now the unpacking is posing many different challenges, <laughs> right? So my best advice, you know, she said on there, she's compromising. Brenda, You that's the only way to get through this. You have to compromise. And if you have to go slow, go slow there are things that i'll undo a box and it's not my stuff whether it's one of derek's kids items or or something of derek's it has no sentimental value for me whatsoever don't get rid of it that's that's definitely why you know you can't do that that's that's going to cause arguments right? That's going to be a source of contention. So just go slow. Anything that you're not certain of, hold it to the side and make it a point to discuss it and say, hey, how do you feel about this? Go back to the show. There were, I think, five or six, six steps that we had gone through. I want to revert back to the expert that we brought on for those shows. Her name is Julie Spencer Rankin, and she is based out of Kentucky. She is a psychothera- a licensed psychotherapist and a life coach. Um, you can find her by Googling her. I will call out her cell phone number because it is her, her professional line where you can leave messages. So if this is something where my advice isn't enough and you feel like you really want to speak to someone who can dig in a little more, she was absolutely phenomenal with her advice on those shows. Very eye-opening, Derek, for you and I about what was going on and why you hold on to things. And you have to understand those whys before you can start getting rid of your spouse's stuff or keeping too much of it. Because keeping too much of it that's another source of contention. Yeah, and Julie went into the differences between hoarding, clutter, um, just general clutter, and collecting. Right. And and so where, right, Brenda, where does your husband fall in this? I remember the mission statement. You remember the mission statement she gave us to uh, to be able to do this, the the blend, the uh, the purging as you blend, uh, the motivation to stay on task. Mm-hmm. That's always important. Prepare mentally. Because, again, you're letting go of things that have sentimental value. Uh, prepare physically. There's a lot of that as well. And then finally, uh, start easy and build up momentum to the more difficult items. You know, there are very easy things, I'm sure, that your husband would be willing to get rid of. But then there are going to be some very difficult items that are very sentimental to him. And just listen. Because what you see as trash or clutter may actually have some extremely significant um, you know, purpose for him and understand that. And that's the point of going slow. Like, let's say you're home during the day and he's at work or you're working on this on the weekend and he's out playing golf. 
you can't do anything behind their back because obviously, you know, that's probably where the argument is coming from. But husband too, you may need to have him listen to this. He's got to look at this objectively and say, and I think Derek has to do this, even though it's uncomfortable. And I can see him be upset. I can physically see it. And that's the last thing I want to do. But yet he has a really, really hard time letting go of anything. Um, and that, that's challenging because our house is not going to fit all the things that he brings in it. So we're going to go slow. It's literally a box at a time. And there's no other way for us to do it. Yes. <laughs> yes. And she referenced the uh, things in storage. Remember, she said, you don't have what you don't see. Right. About items that were stored mm -hmm. or in boxes or kept in a basement, whatever it may so be. So can the entire garage go away? Uh, no. No, <laughs> you've got a lot of stuff out there, too. It's not just me. Mine's almost empty. Well, that's because I'm not home enough to get in there and do it. I will. It'll, it'll. Always excuses. It'll be but listen, club. you hear this. This is still an issue for us. But again, we're going to do it because we love each other. We're committed to each other. And at the end of the day, this is just stuff. It's just stuff. Correct. You Correct. Know? All right. Well, let's get on to question number two okay. in the interest of time here. Yes. Uh, this one comes from Tanya in Kansas City. Wow. Yes. That's impressive. Hi, Tanya. After listening to your show on the art of purging, I've begun to see my items much differently in terms of what I should keep and what I should purge. I do have a hard time letting go of my things, even if they are old and outdated. My question is, what do you find are the hardest items for you to part with? Mm, very good question. Derek, you take this one first. I answered the last one pretty long and lengthy. You go. Well, you know, I, I use the words emotional connection, significant, um, you know, mementos of, of life events or things that you've collected over time. You may, you know, I lost a brother to cancer when he was 45 years old, and that was back in 2007. There were a lot of things that he and I uh, had interest, mutual interest in, in collecting sports memorabilia. And there were things that he had given me and things that he and I had decided to collect together. You know, that's something that would be extremely difficult to get rid of, even though there may be financial value to it. It's letting go of that connection that I had to him. Oh, I've never heard you say that before. Well, there's a lot of sports memorabilia I've got. He and I loved to collect autographs. Uh, primarily, I'm a University of Alabama grad, and as everybody knows, Alabama dominates in college football. So a lot of it's college football related that uh, – he had the exact same interest as me and in things that, that um, you know, he gave me a couple of things that I've got. And I likewise, for birthdays or uh, events, I would give him things. So that's tough. Mm -hmm. But if you don't have anywhere to display it, kind of like we said, it may sit in a box forever. Right. It, there's financial value, but can you, you know, what's the, uh, the, the true value of something that's got an emotional connection compared to the financial value of it? And now... I love the story. That's beautiful. I didn't realize that deep connection to Chuck. We've never talked about that before. But we're in a place where we don't have anywhere to display it. And it's piles and piles and piles of it in a garage. And you just said you don't have what you don't see. So some of this has to be weeded through. Derek is literally squirming in his chair, <laughs> literally as I'm saying that, because he can't. He well, physically cannot break the connection and, to that. And I have a son, the, my 19-year-old, who is also a very avid sports collector. Mm -hmm. He had his baseball cards out just yesterday, going through all the baseball cards I had as a kid that I passed on to him. And I've got some ones that are very, very good ones. And likewise, he collected them as a kid as well. And he just was sitting down in his room. 
as a 19-year-old mm-hmm. going through it. He's a very big sports enthusiast. Yes, he is. And fabulous. Love that. And the but is I have absolutely no interest in any of it. Doesn't mean I'm getting rid of it. Don't We're not looking at me like yeah. I'm coming in <laughs> to get rid of the entire collection. Yes. That's not what we're saying. We're saying where's the compromise? Where are the happy right. medium? Okay, so Derek's answered the question. Um, mine... Mine is home decor. Now, let me explain why. Because you may go, what? You collect home decor. I do. I I buy it. I love it. I, I'm the kind of person that I might have even preached this before. Don't buy it unless you have a place for it. That is my lesson to learn. And right now, currently, because I ordered a dining room table that's not here, the entire dining room floor is covered in home decor. And I don't know where any of it's going to (laughs) go. And I want to look at it and I want to stare at it and I collect it and I have it. And I just mean old books and vases and candlesticks and all. I just, but maybe that's why I am an interior designer, right? I just want to see it all. And then I want to find a really good home for it. It is very unique to me and the fact that I have a store. So I am every single time I go to work, I am taking something to work because I can I can repurpose it there. I can either use it in my office, I can display it, or I can sell it. Yeah, so exactly. That is not for everyone. <laughs> that is my little lane. But I do not collect sports memorabilia. I do not care about it. Um, <laughs> my kids' stuff, I'm sentimental. Each of them have a box. They have a box of old clothes, and they have a box of old art. Very organized, nice and neat and tidy. My childhood all fits in a trunk, and that's it. We're good. Um, my collections are very 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 organized I used to collect old purses they're all in shadow boxes like everything is is very specific and once the shadow boxes are complete I don't buy any more it's done that collection is <laughs> over and done but home decor not even furniture anything yeah. anything home decor I can't it's my it's what I I don't know it's my my vice but you also redecorate frequently I do Oh, of course. But that's what I do for a living. My whole career is built on this. So it's probably no surprise why that to me is the hardest part. You have an outlet to sell. I have an outlet to sell it. So I never mind. It's that chip for me is not, should I not buy this? I'll bring it home and I'll stare at it for two weeks. And if I don't have a place for (laughs) it, I will take it to work. Exactly. So it is those people that buy it, don't have a place for it, get it home, still don't have a place for it, and then that's where it sits. And I think that's really what Julie was speaking to. All right, well, let's move on again, just in the interest of time. Yes, Uh, we've got to keep going. We want to try and get to as many of these as we can. This one comes from LaDonna in Greenville, South Carolina. Hi, LaDonna. Greenville's a cool place, too. Yes, we were able to travel there. All right, it says, I hired a professional to help me with my home. I was remodeling my kitchen and opening up a wall in the laundry room to make it bigger. The person I hired claimed she was an interior designer, but midway through the job, I realized she wasn't qualified to handle the construction portion of the job. I listened to your podcast, Designer versus Decorator, Decorator, and realized this person was a decorator, not a true interior designer. Mm-hmm. What questions should I have asked before I hired the person? Good one. Sounds like you had a decorator. Um, in Greenville, and I don't have any notes in front of me there are only five states that actually mandate that you can use the term interior designer with having your license okay georgia is not one of them and that is we are here taping in metro atlanta you can call yourself an interior designer with absolutely no qualifications no degree no experience you can have an eye for color and hanging drapes and call yourself a designer i 
personally do not feel like that is safe. I do not feel like that is fair. I know how much education I had to go through. I know what, um, can you say handicap accessibility? What's the current term for it? When I was in college, that's what the class. Disability. Yeah, those with disabilities. Right, but when you learn the codes and the oh, law, oh. I mean, I've taken very specific classes on learning handicap accessibility well, the ADA, codes. the American yes, Disabilities ADA, Act. Right, that's what I learned, but I just mm-hmm. wanted to make sure I was being kind of politically correct in, yes. in my terminology because that's the way I learned it. Not that my education is outdated mm-hmm. um, because I'm still working in the field sure, and I it's have all been about accessibility. for over 20 years. But there are a lot of things that just... Uh, loads and lighting uh, just widths of hallways the kind of doorknobs oh absolutely yeah. absolutely how high everything has to be um, you told me one about the uh, the outlets the number of outlets that uh, and where they can be placed in a room the proximity to each other and mm-hmm. to things that, of that sure. sort yeah the rise and fall of stair treads is all I mean there is so much information that you need to know uh, you can get way more specific. What if you're doing a basement? You need to know where the load-bearing walls are. You can't just go in and start taking out whatever you want and risk that you don't have enough structural support for the house. I mean, there's sure, and, and sure. on and on and on. Uh, if you're venting a fireplace, where does it go? If you're venting uh, into a laundry room, that would be very, very important and relevant to know. If you're moving the location of a washer and dryer, can you even move it to the wall that you're putting it on? Uh, I don't, obviously, all I got was the question, so I don't know the specific person's qualifications, but I can answer your question, LaDonna. What questions should I have asked? Number one, what is their formal education? Have they gone to school? Do they have certification? Do they have a degree? Even if they don't have all those things, did they take any sort of classes in specific interior design? Because you can take decorating courses that is not the same thing. You have to be very specific in this line of questioning. What is your work experience? Let's say you don't have the education, but your first job was working at an architectural firm as the receptionist, and you worked your way up and learned how to draft and draw plans. Maybe you know AutoCAD. Um, maybe you worked in that firm for 15 years. It, just getting specific to what is your background and knowing how to decipher what they're telling you that sounds really impressive because you have such a strong skill set. If they said to you, oh, I just started when my kids were born uh, as a way to make extra money on the side. Well, started what? <laughs> exactly. Right? Organizing closets or, yeah, you know, doing paint colors. That's a very, very big difference. Um, you know, I had a meeting recently with a girl trying to break into the interior design field and she truly is a decorator and i called her out at the meeting she has zero skill she has the eye she's very talented uh but she got on with a firm in another state so she she's now working for a firm using the word interior designer getting leads off thumbtack and has no skills and that's scary she's got commercial jobs and no one in our state is regulating this so you know, LaDonna, I, I feel for you. I hope you finally found your way to the right professional. Um, but again, really, really digging deep and finding out what their background is, what their education is, that should be first and foremost. In her question, she said midway through the job, she realized that the person wasn't qualified to do the construction portion. Well, I hope that wasn't because something collapsed or 
yeah, uh, a mistake was made in a load could, bearing wall. I, I could mean, respond back. I mean, yeah, obviously yeah. she reached out to me. I can I can reach out, yeah. um, but I'll, I'll try to find out. So LaDonna, hope it went well. If you need anything, anything, even advice, you, you reached me once, you know where I'm at. Lita and Derek, if you don't mind me saying, in the U.S., only three states require a license to practice interior design. Which ones? Nevada, Florida, and Louisiana. Huh. District of Columbia also requires it, as does Puerto Rico. I thought New York did. They've passed legislation that requires mandatory registration. That's well, interesting. Well, the, the key is there's, it's very few states. Yeah. I would not have known that. Very few. And, and clearly Georgia's not on there. And she is in South Carolina. South Carolina. So, yeah. yeah so. Not, not uh, regulated, not governed. Thank you, Mike, for that. Yeah. Appreciate him. All right, let's move on to number four. Okay. This one came from Sarah in Lawrenceville, Georgia. Okay. It says, we're moving my husband's elderly mother into our guest room on the main living area. She is showing early signs of dementia. I'm worried this will be more than I can handle. I work full-time, and so does my husband. I loved your show, Stolen Cake, Embracing the Alzheimer's Role. Uh, and I guess her question is is um, really more about what needs to be done or how uh, they can safely and, and effectively yes. move mom in. I'm worried this will be more than I can handle. She works full-time. So yeah, it, yeah, yeah. it was more, uh, yes. Right. Well, Sarah... Oh, my heart just pours. This was probably my favorite show of last year. I love all of our shows. You know, we always leave here kind of high-fiving. It's it's the best part of my week when we get to sit here and do this. But this show really hit close to home. And Stolen Cake was a book that you and I both read and we reviewed. And we had the author on mm -hmm. uh, the day that we did Your the aunt, show. Ronnie Stricky. Yes. Stricky. Yes. I don't know how to pronounce it. Um, S K Y R C K I, and you can buy the book. I bought the hard, uh, the paperback off Amazon. You can buy it on Kindle, I believe. Uh, amazing book. So I recommend that you, Sarah, go buy the book. If you're listening to this and you're finding yourself in a caregiver role, or one of your parents is is maybe you're not going to be the caregiver, but they're they're beginning to show dementia. Uh, this hit close to home. So she's worried this will be more than she can handle. She works full-time and so does her husband. It, it depends on the role. Early signs, they're bringing the, the elderly mother into the home. This is, this is tough to give advice because it's so different. The difference of the progression from dementia possibly into Alzheimer's. I would say they definitely need to have help especially if they work full-time. This is not something that I think one person can handle alone unless they're going to be there full-time because the care is going to get greater because the needs are going to get greater of the elderly person. And I can also say, too, from my own personal experience, I, my mom had a dementia and Alzheimer's, and we watched her progress slowly at first, but then all of a sudden it became very uh, dramatic uh, how quickly she, she spiraled down. But... Um, my dad still was taking care of her at home and he was hiding from us exactly how bad it was getting. And when we did finally convince him that she had to move out of the home into a, a nursing home facility, uh, just as an example, we found a, a potted um, artificial plant in their bathroom. 
and just had some moss at the bottom of the basket or the 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 uh, pot where the, the artificial plant was. And as we were cleaning things out of the bathroom, we found where she was taking her medicine that my dad was giving to her, pretending to take the medicine, swallow it, but instead she was hiding it in her mouth. And then we found where she'd taken it out and was hiding it in the plant underneath the moss. Right. So again, things like that, you've got to watch out for medications. Mm -hmm. You got to watch out for fall hazards. You got to watch out for uh, that front door being unlocked and mom being confused and walking out and, and never finding her again. So you have the very specific examples because you walked through it with your oh, yeah. own mother. This was my grandmother, and, and I wasn't there. I mean, obviously, but I was a little younger, and this was out of state, but that book goes day by day. So the, the way Stolen Cake was written, my aunt journaled daily as she was caring for my grandmother with a lot of very, very similar stories. Sure, sure. And that is exactly what I mean by if you're going to work full-time, you're going to have to have help. Someone, even if it's in early stages, you don't know how it's going to progress. Um, all of those reasons that Derek just laid out, you know, that, that has to be monitored. Are they taking their medication? Um, and are they even... Getting the nutrients. They getting need. the nutrients, getting the nutrition, but even, yeah. you know, using the restroom. I mean, oh, elderly, yeah. when you have dementia, that's in the book. And I know I don't mean to be, you know, too personal here on the show, but if those needs aren't being met, you know, you can you can get UTIs. I mean, there was a lot of hospital stays when right. you're elderly for those things. So just be, be careful, be concerned. Um, you know, our thoughts will be with you. Buy the book and, and reach out with any questions. Reach out to, to the author of the book. You know, it, you're able to find her through the connections of the book and sarah i know you said you listened to that podcast but go back and listen to it again there's a lot of information there as she said that ronnie shared for everyone remember we talked about uh well ronnie had talked about how the, the title came from if she put food in front of your grandmother many times she wouldn't eat it but if she hid the food in the kitchen oh, and put oh, a cover oh, okay. over it got you your grandmother thought she was stealing and, and it was kind of um, so know, she would go steal the cake. She was. Yes. She, that was an easier way. It's almost almost like forging. Childlike. Yes. Like she was going to go get what was forbidden from her. And that's right. how she was eating her dinners. Even though the dinner point. would sit in front of her and she would stare at it and not eat it. Right. If she took it and hid it in the kitchen or thought, you know, pretended to hide it in the kitchen. Uh, your grandmother would sneak back in there and eat all of it. Yes. Yes. You caught me off guard with that one for one second because something my grandmother did for all of us every birthday, she would take money, coins, and bake them into the cake. Oh, wow. And when you said the cake, I was thinking of my grandmother. and I. It, so they were called money cakes, not wow. stolen cake as the book. But then the Alzheimer's stole her mind, yes. which also I've never seen that done, but that was something as a child that we all remember was the money cakes yeah. and who was going to get the money. You had to sort of feel you your feel way around. through it before it's you like put the, it in your uh, mouth. Cause the there Mardi were, Gras, the baby cakes. there were pennies in the cake. Or yes. that's not good. The king cake, king cake. From yes. Mardi Gras. I, but I remember that. And I'm glad that stuck out with you. I have yeah. my own memory of the cake, but again, it's my grandmother. It me it means something different to me. But I also remember my mom doing the same thing mm -hmm. and, and we couldn't many times get her to eat. But yet if, if she thought she was stealing it or finding right. it or foraging for it, she would eat. Yep. All right. Last question. Cause I okay. think we're going to run out of time. I do, we do have more, but again, we'll get to this last one. So, and, and we, said at the top of the show how to find me and, and all that so all right this one comes from sherry in decatur georgia it okay. says i loved your last show about gossip and judgment 
Thank you for your honesty and openness to talk about a difficult subject. I'm trying to parent a child who has struggled with being the victim of rumors and gossip. I've seen her self-esteem and confidence suffer. Do you have any advice to help overcome this situation? How do you rise above it? Hmm. That's tough. I know. Doesn't Sorry, say the age Sherry. Of the, doesn't say the age of the child. No, she doesn't. Um, and that's okay. You know, sometimes people forget when they submit these. So... Because it was our very last show, it's the most fresh in my brain. And I will say that if Stolen Cake was my most favorite show, the last show we did was the hardest. And I bet that that probably came across on air. I felt like I was very in it. I was very sort of agitated. I was very, um, you know, like angrily emotional um, because it's very personal. So I... um, it was tough. It's tough to even talk about it now because you're putting yourself in a spot that is very negative. And we're talking about me being gossiped about and me being judged for my business decisions well, and, and, and how I rise above that. So, at, Right. As your person, the one that's with you all the time, and, and uh, for three years now we've been together, I've seen countless examples of you being attacked uh, with rumors and gossip about, like you said, business decisions, things that others don't have to make. And you know the the easiest decisions to make to make are the ones that don't affect you that affect everybody else. So for them to sit back and and spread rumors or gossip or say things uh, that are negative, um, they're not truly understanding what all goes into. And I've seen you rise completely above it and separate yourself from that and make decisions based on what is best for your business, best for the situation, best for your kids, best for you, regardless of what somebody else may say. And that's tough to do. Not many people can actually do that. It's tough. That's the whole point of me prefacing this with that was the hardest show to do. I can talk about weight loss, can teach you guys about anything. We can talk about my family and Alzheimer's. We can go through all these talks. We can talk about you and I and purging, which is hard for you and blending. Like, I don't mind digging in. I do not mind. But that was a really hard show is to sit there and have to bring up and talk about what people say and understand why they say it. So that, that sentence right there is going to lead me into the answer. How do you rise above it? I fundamentally know and understand this as a concept that when people are gossiping and when they are judging, it is not about you in that situation. It's not about me personally. It is about them. And when you can separate yourself from that, that is the only way to truly understand they are feeling something in themselves that is either feeling inadequate, which is why they attack me as a business person, or even personally, if they see me happy, then they'll judge this or they'll judge. I mean, you and I have taken some hits yes. as a couple. Mm-hmm. And it's and, and then if you look back and say, huh, how are the, how's their marriage? Right. Not that I want to judge it, right. but maybe something's not right yeah. because they're looking at us perfectly happy put it all out there, do a podcast, share it all with the world. Um, So how do you teach that to your child? And I'm going to have to teach this to mine. Absolutely. All four of them. Everybody has to sit in this pocket at at some time or another. I don't think any person is going to be uh, immune from judgment of some sort and possibly even gossip. But sitting with your child it has, you said you've seen her self-esteem and confidence suffer. I, if you're writing this to me, obviously you care. I'm just going to make the assumption you're a fantastic mom. You just have to dig in and get your child to, to truly understand 
they've done nothing wrong. It's all about the other person. Mm -hmm. Let's just say this is a girl situation and they're mean girls. Well, they're seeing something in your daughter that is so fabulous that they have to tear sure. it down. Sure. Something, right? And they're and projecting their own frustrations at your daughter. That is the confidence part. Mm -hmm. And you just have to keep driving it home and drive. And if you have to drive it home every single day, you have to, you never let off the gas on this ever. You cannot have too much self-esteem, right? You can right. never give that to your child. But the, you can't just have one little conversation and that's it and think everything's okay and your child has this lesson because they don't. They need that constant reinforcement. Like I said, it's, it's never, ever, ever too much. That is, what, that is my advice. Now, I am not a counselor. I am not a therapist. I gave you Julie's information. I'm going to go ahead and just give you her phone number now. We talked about her for purging and decluttering. Julie Spencer Rankin, a licensed psychotherapist and life coach. 859-734-4100. She's the professional. This is just my advice. Let me let me be really clear on that. Um, just be really, you know, careful to, you know, are, is there some depression issues? Is there some anxiety issues? Do you truly need to bring in that, that third party counselor? I'm all for that too. There's nothing more healing than a good counselor. I'm, mm -hmm. I, you know, I'm a huge advocate for it. But that is how I rise above it. That was the question. How do you rise above it? I did a lot of self-esteem work as a young girl. I did the psychotherapy. I, I worked on what my fabulous qualities are. And honestly, as an adult, I am unbreakable. Unbreakable. I'll agree with that. I, you, you, you can try. You can take your best punches. And a lot of times I will punch, not physically, <laughs> no, no, but no. I, will, I will punch right back. And, and sometimes that gets me in trouble. Well, bullies prey on weakness. And, and that is something that I do not have and I yeah. do not show. And the weaker you are, the more they're going to prey. Absolutely. Absolutely. It feeds it. Um, so we appreciate the question, Sherry, and hopefully your daughter can get through this and you can provide the advice necessary. And if counseling is the next step, then, then so be it. Um, I get fired up about that. Yeah, I can tell. I do. You can't help it. No, it's I know. Like, ah, I know. You know, it, I just, it's been a long journey to get to hear you know a lot of punches but i'm still standing strong with my head held high i'm still moving forward you know it's I'm, one of the most admirable qualities about you and there are many well thank you is your ability to rise above well heck yeah you, i mean honey. i proposed to you so i gotta like think oh, a lot gosh. about you <laughs> I, I, I could go through the list it would take too long it'd be a whole three or four show segment but well before you do the closing we've done a long show today thank you guys for staying with us and thank you for everyone who submitted questions uh, this is fabulous this it's so much it's a recap of all the shows that we've done and we are moving forward with another wellness series it's going to be completely different from the last one that we did so stay tuned because we have some fabulous guests lined up for the next few shows yeah we do have some some questions we didn't get to today so we'll hopefully get to those i do i try to work them all in yeah. absolutely and uh, like you said it's they're from all over the country many different states and mm -hmm. different shows so yeah. that's great south carolina georgia well one last time give your website nice. give your facebook Yes. Your Instagram. Statushomedesign.com. That is one. That is the hub of all things. Statusmarketanddesign.com. That's the online store. Statuslifewithlita.com. But you can find all of them. You can get to any of the sites. They're all linked together at statushomedesign.com. And I gave you all the social media platforms. Statuslifewithlita. There you go.
Alita, that was great. Again, I enjoy when you have the listener questions and the chance to go through all those. And thank you, everyone, for sending those questions in. And also, thank you so much for joining us on Status Life with Lita, presented by Status Home Design, your one-stop shop for all your home and gift needs, the Status Market, your online shopping experience, and the law office of Derek M. Hayes. Don't forget that you can enjoy any of our episodes anytime by visiting businessradiox.com, selecting the Gwinnett Studio, and then clicking on Status Life with Lita. This program is also available on iTunes, iHeartRadio, Spotify, or wherever you enjoy your favorite podcast. Until next time, for Lita Brooks, I'm Derek Hayes, and you've been listening to Status Life with Lita on Business Radio X.